This is Lampshade Media Presents Grandma Fucks. Jamie Carbone, I would like to welcome you to Lampshade Media Presents Grandma Fucks. Uh, first of all, thank you for welcoming me. Second of all, what the hell is that name? <laughs> well, uh, this was inspired by a wonderful caller last episode. Uh, uh, Grandma was her name, and uh, right. Grandma fucked, okay? Grandma I mean, I, I mean don't get me wrong. I'm, pla- I'm happy for that, Grandma, but I prefer a celibate Grandma, personally. That's That's my... <laughs> That's my choice. This grandma was on some hard times with the ex-husband and uh, just want to get, you know, get dicked down, really. I mean, bless her, because Lord knows sometimes that's what we all need. Yeah, and so I decided that my move was to basically rebrand my entire podcast into uh, to honor grandma. I think that's kind. I think that's respectful. I think uh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God damn it. I, here we go again. All right. Well, I'm gonna think about it. Okay. Maybe we'll sw- maybe we'll circle back. I'll think about it. All right. Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna... let's at least workshop it before we're we're done today. Yeah. Huh? I just need to kind of like let my heart sit with the idea that this isn't the perfect name for a bit. But but yeah, we'll circle back. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> so uh, so it's so cool to 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 get to talk to you. Like I met you through uh, crying at the bar, Courtney and Olivia's podcast that I produce. And was like, oh, hey, this dude's pretty tight, right? Really don't know anything about you, though. <laughs> we haven't met. Well, I, 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 like to, I like to keep the mystery alive because I become significantly less interesting once we actually meet. So Yeah, that typical uh, stand-up comic uh, humility, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I think, I mean, there's two types. There's people who are all ego and there are people who are no ego. And I like to think, I don't know, it, it's, it's a, the myth that all comedians are interesting is, Something that media has propagated for far too long. Comedians suck. <laughs> yeah, comedians are interesting. That's what I think. I think that they are interesting, but I don't think they're like interesting because they're like always great. You know what I mean? I just think they're always kind of weird. Yes, I. Feel, I mean, there. I mean, everybody's weird. It's hard to just say just comedians are weird. Well, no, I wasn't I saying just comedians. I was just like saying. even boring people are weird because they're boring. You know? Oh yeah. Okay. Like everybody's weird, and this is where like we're we're basically agreeing that we want people to be weird. No, I don't want that. I want people to be, I want people to be like, understandably weird. You know, I don't want to feel uncomfortable in your presence. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's like yeah, there's weird that like makes you like afraid, and then there's yes, like weird there's a lot that's of like. That. Like, like where you're like, oh, I want to, I want to learn more, you know? Yeah. I want it to be like a, if, if you're scary, weird, it should be an interesting scary. It shouldn't be like a surprise scary. <laughs> I was just at this wedding not too long ago and there was, I started because I love talking to strangers. I started talking to this, uh, the owner of the, of the property and it turns out he raised exotic livestock before he did the, uh, the, 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 the wedding gig or whatever, you know, he owns all this property in the middle of nowhere. And it's this beautiful, like forest chapel wedding with a barn, like that you have the reception in and stuff. It's, it's gorgeous. And so he's out there making the fire by the barn afterwards or whatever. And start chatting him up. He's like, Oh yeah. I used to raise like European deer and, like elk and like, you know, Buffalo and all this shit. And like, and he had all these stories about how he, you know, and and I am just sitting there like this guy is fucking weird. He had the like perfect hair, perfectly quaffed, like a, like a perfect cowboy kind of thing going on. Yeah. This sounds like a stereotype of like that, that myth of like a man's man, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And he was always very careful to tell me that like, you know, oh yeah, but this is just my side job. You know, I have a day job too. And, and it's like, oh yeah, owning this 150 acres with this, you know, expensive uh, wedding site and stuff. That's just the, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's just so intense. He was, yeah. And he was like loving the opportunity to tell the story. And I was just loving how like wild it was, you know, 
<laughs> but I, when I find those people at a party, like it's, it's like, I'm just, I'm just there for it. You know, like I will, I will listen to somebody be, um, low key insane. If it's like a one-off, you know, yeah. <laughs> but if I have to have you in my life, I cannot do it. Yeah. I mean, I do like tend to like endear myself to like people that have like different stuff going on, I guess, but I don't know. I grew up so conservative and so boring that I guess I'm, you know, just trying to reach out, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you're not even a real person while you're growing up. Like don't beat yourself up for being like, you're still trying to figure out what the world is like. So don't, so don't think that, Oh, I was boring when I was young because of this. We're all boring when we're young. Even the people (laughs) who like, pretend they're not boring when they're 15 are boring because they have that weird lens to view the world through. Like the goal isn't to become interesting. The goal is to just not be bored. Like, I think that's the real goal that we should all be striving for. That's the meaning of life life. that we enjoy living. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I always say that like it's the choices we make. That's what makes life worth living. Right. I absolutely agree. We get to make choices, but so where did where did you grow up? I grew up in West Virginia. Okay, cool. Like um, like close to Ohio or? Um, I grew up in Charleston, so like pretty close. No, not super far. Okay, okay. I know, like I knew nothing about West Virginia until I moved to Columbus, which is it was weird. All of a sudden, I was introduced to this wild state. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, West Virginia. I, I have a joke about it, but it is this one of a kind place that is absolutely worth like visiting and checking out and seeing it for what it is but the people they're just i mean some of them are fine i'm not going to lump them all in this in this category of like oh i hate them some of them are fine some of them are doing their best but so many of them are just exhausting and you know just blinded to the realities of everything because they don't want to leave their comfort nest and you know existence change reality changes and so many people there just can't accept that. Yeah, and it, I get that because it's a different ethos. I, I feel like that mm-hmm. there's the competing ethoses of, you know, it's always worked this way, and that's the yes. only thing we can be sure of. You know, is that yeah, it they works don't understand that the things can change. You know, it, like yeah. oh, it worked this way for you know 70 80 years like they still think some people they still think coal mine jobs are going to come back they're not let it go (laughs) move on is that real other forms of power there are other things happening but they've blinded themselves because it's so much easier to just you know keep your head underground where you feel safe as opposed to pulling it up and seeing just how messed up everything is i mean are you actually saying that there's a good number of people that think coal is like a feasible like future yes Oh and maybe gosh. they're a vocal minority. That's entirely possible. But every time I go home, every time I, you know, I'll see things about West Virginia, it's almost always someone talking about like, you know, coal jobs coming back. And no, I've had friends who work in coal mines. I've had friends uh, for whatever reason, be involved in that industry. The basic thing is if you go to a coal mine in West Virginia, if you go to a closed coal mine, a lot of them will still have the old equipment on site. And that is because it was cheaper to just cut and run and leave the old equipment there uh-huh. than to take the old equipment out and do something with it because there's coal is just a, such a dying industry. It is just, it, it saves you more money to just abandon it as opposed to even selling it for scrap. Yeah. That's uh, th- I've seen that in Ohio where they like do, will strip mine and you know, like, so mm-hmm. quarries will have like uh, you know, a crane at the bottom of it or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong strip mining is a whole other issue and like mountaintop removal has destroyed a lot of that state and you know some of it's returning to how it was and i hope it keeps doing it but i think they could just tap into the tourist industry and take advantage of that they could oh, tap yeah. into it's you know so much of it is untamed wilderness that they could tap into the film industry try and lean into that but a lot of people just ignore the place for what it is and no one's i mean like it is a state last i checked this may no longer be true but last i checked West Virginia was a state where it was one of the few states in the United States where the population numbers were going down because the people my age, people younger are leaving because there is nothing there for us. The brain drain, right? It's exactly what it is. I had a friend a couple, probably half a decade ago. She, she about a decade ago, she wrote um, an opinion piece for the local paper 
about why she was coming back to West Virginia because she was, you know, she was like 22, 23. She's like, they need young people here. I'm willing to come back, be one of those young people and help my state survive. And then five years later, she wrote a second opinion piece about how she was leaving West Virginia because since she was a younger person in her field, nobody respected her. And even though she had ideas and she had ways to make things grow because they were against the norm, because she did not feel welcome at her job because she was younger, she was treated like a child by everybody. She was like, I don't need to be putting up with this anymore and decided to leave. And that is the case in many parts of the state. And uh, yeah, again, that sounds like a conservative situation of like, you got to pay your dues. Nobody's going to respect you until you're, you know, 35, 40. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, And you know, it sucks, but like, like I've got friends there and my, my parents still live there. My older brother lives outside of DC in West Virginia and it just sucks. Yeah. Knowing that these people you love and care about are in a place that does not return the favor. This reminds me of like, I'm a carpenter. So you know, I'll be working with like some, some people have been around the block and stuff, some of the, you know, older carpenters or whatever, and I'll have a new method of doing something and they'll be offended by it and say, oh, that's stupid, you know? And I'm like, okay, yeah. like, well, let's talk about what our goals are here, you know? And, uh, you know, and I'll basically explain why it's not stupid. And then uh, I've been doing it this way for 30 years, you know? And yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. That's exactly you what know? it's like there. It, it's, the, it's the same <laughs> book, different title. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, and it drives me crazy, and I'm like, I, I tell people I'm close to, like, please tell me if I ever do that, you know, just stop me because like I don't ever want to be that. Like, oh no, I'm never gonna do the same thing for 50 years. Like, there's right. always going to be a better way to do something, right? Yeah, and like you know, careers change, technology improves, techniques improve, but people get stuck in the past, and I think stuck to be stuck in the past is to be as good as dead. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so basically after that, you just like dipped and went to Chicago because that's where funny people go. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, it was between Chicago and New York and I didn't want to live in New York. I still don't want to live in New York. I never want to live in New York. I mean, what's the difference between New York and Chicago as far as uh, it's still well, a, Chicago's a dense cheaper. place. Um, oh, that's that's, that's the main sense. thing. A lot of people, I mean, like. New York rent, you know, uh, people would talk about how they'd be paying, you know, they'd have like a three bedroom, like a small three bedroom, and it would still be like, you know, 3,300 for between three of them. But like Chicago, you could probably get like me and my now wife, when we first moved there, we had a decent sized two bedroom apartment and we were paying a thousand, you know, it was uh, like total, not each, just so like 500 each. And granted, by the time we left, I think that place had crept up and we were there for five years. I think by the time we left, it was 1250, which isn't great. Like, you know, it's going up, but it was still manageable and survivable. Plus, you know, we had more space than you would have had for the same size place in New York. Easy. But the big, the big issue though, for comedy, especially there's more industry in New York, there's more things happening there. So really it just depends. Do you want to, you know, you won't get on TV in Chicago. Um, I always call Chicago comedy grad school because it's a place to mm. get a lot of stage time fast, but there's yeah. not a lot of money in comedy there. You know, there's some, um, and there's a lot around it, you know, driving out to the state surrounding or even into, you know, middle of nowhere, Illinois, there is some money there, but yeah. compared to other cities, I'm sure it's, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm I hope I, you know, granted, I have never lived in New York for comedy. I've only, been a guy you know who comes to visit but i would hope that there's more money performing in showcases in new york than there is in right Chicago. right yeah because you got to pay the rent right exactly so we had a, a local uh comic move to chicago maybe a year or two ago uh matt loxley and are, are i don't know if you're familiar with him you, you may not i don't know the name no sorry but uh he moved to chicago he uh had taken a, a his his day job there move there you know and he was telling me that there's a lot more opportunity to experiment and do mm-hmm. like different forms of things too so like he yes, was there absolutely al- is. the alternative scene there is like really from what he told me really exciting yeah and i love the alt scene of chicago comedy um from improv to music there's a lot to play around with um most of my favorite uh, Chicago comedy shows are pretty, you know, all there's out there. I mean, some of them aren't there anymore just because of the pandemic or because of people moving. 
but those were usually my favorites because it was people in Chicago as opposed to some other places, you know, in the Midwest, they're more open to the idea of here's something different, you know, as opposed to, Oh, this is not your standard setup punchline. I'm uncomfortable just from jump. It's more like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, start with a weird, I have a buddy um, who actually, he writes for, he wrote for SNL for like three or four years. I assume he'll be there next year, but I honestly don't know. Um, And he has a bit where um, his name's Stephen Castillo. Uh, He's written some really great things. He used to go by Stephen King, but he had to change it for obvious reasons. (laughs) And uh, he, he has this great bit where he would go on stage and start um, speaking in Spanish and acting like a um, over the top, uh, (laughs) over the top, like Telemundo kind of host kind of thing, like a lot Uh of energy, a lot of like weird hand signs stuff. And then he would um, do impressions and it would jump into him doing like terrible impressions. And then he would end on like, uh, like a decent, uh, I want to say it was uh, Tom, Tom Hanks impression. And then, you know, once the laughter had died down, he would just jump straight into English. He would no accent, no nothing. It would, you would, his goal was to make you feel crazy that he was talking in Spanish just a second before. And it crushed and it was a great bit. It was a lot of fun. It was a good idea. And I don't know if he had workshopped that in like, you know, some places across the Midwest. I don't know if he would still be doing the bit because I don't think the reception would have been very good, you know? So like it would work in Chicago and it wouldn't work anywhere else. Like you'd think that Chicago no, would I, be a good cross ha- uh, representation of a lot of places. Right. Well, I think, I think it would work anywhere else now with where it ended up. But I'm saying like when he started doing the joke. Uh Okay. Like when he was still workshopping the idea, I don't know if it would have worked. Um, you know, like it would when it started before it went from an open mic bit to a showcase bit. I don't know if it would have uh, made the transition. You know. Yeah, it was it was so interesting to see uh, Matt like when he came back just recently. They just did like it was the first comedy show I'd seen since the pandemic lift is, is started to lift. And uh, Matt right. came back to town and he, and I got to see some of this alt comedy and he broke into a performance that was like a lip syncing performance to a, a piece that he had produced with like voices and, and everything, but he was just acting them out like almost uh kind of drag style. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, I mean, it was amazing. I'd never seen anything like it. And it was obviously his performance to the different voices that were, you know, was was a part of the a big part of the humor but like right that's talk about like progressive or whatever as far as ideas go like like no stand-up is this right yeah you can't no i mean stand-up i don't think stand-up has like this is what stand-up is you know it's like what do they say (laughs) what's that old saying from like forever ago where it's like i um I can't describe what pornography is but i know it when i see it yeah yeah that was the court ruling right yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about stand-up, you know? Yeah. Because stand-up can be so many things, but you know when you're watching it, if you're watching stand-up as compared to, like, improv or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I guess, though, like, like the bit I just described where he, like, sets up a, a, a performance and then goes into it, and it's hilarious, but he was doing stand-up. Like, that's what the show was, is a stand-up show. But you right. can't, is that stand up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like just one person in a microphone uh, against a brick wall, I guess. It's, you know, you get some right. other moving parts. Yeah, I in mean, there. I think media has blinded us to this idea of it's like the stand up can only be this. No, it can't. You know what? Stand up can be a lot of different things. And I think as long as somebody up there is uh, trying something different. And I think, I, I, I think as long as it is, even if it's not a conventional, you know, setup on punchline format. I think as long as it gets the the laugh intended, like I mean, you could even argue that anti comedy is stand up, but that's that's I don't want to touch into that today. Would um, you just say anti? But like as long as you are still getting to the joke, there's that build, there's that payoff. I think it's still stand up. Did you just make a reference to anti comedy? Yeah, Anti-? you know, like emo Phillips and stuff. Emo Phillips? No, I don't. I've never heard of this. Okay. Um. Well, I'll give you. I'm. I'm. I'll start this off by saying that I'm not an expert. Um. Anti-comedy is something I've only like flirted with. And even then it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, but anti-comedy is basically something that is so unfunny. It's funny again. Like it's either ridiculous or dumb, or it's something that, you know, if someone regular person did it, it wouldn't really work. But like, um, have you ever watched any of, um, Steve Martin's old standup? Yeah. A lot of that would be labeled as like anti-comedy. Yeah. Cause it's just like so weird. 
and then you're like, this is weird. Who would do this? And then you're like, that's it's ridiculous and it's weird. And now I'm laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just as much the performance matters so much as what's being said, what's being done, how the person carries themselves, the inflection of their tone. And it's just like stand up in that all of these yeah. elements matter. But instead of stand up being like a punch up towards the comedy, I would say anti comedy is like a punch down that goes so far around it comes back and hits comedy again. <laughs> That's a great description. There's an episode of Radio Lab on loops. And uh, I'm I'm a huge uh, dork for Radio Lab. I love the entire. Okay. Like, every I mean, it's, it's, I don't listen to it regularly, but what I la- what I've heard, I dig. Yeah. So they did an episode on loops, and they had uh, Kristen Shaw and uh, a comedy partner she had. And I can't remember his name, but this was like a duo performance they were doing. And what they did was, uh, I think it was uh, Kristen Shaw would uh, be on one of those broomstick horses. You know, like where it's just a head yeah. on a broomstick and she's riding that. And the guy is singing, Christine Shaw's a horse. Christine Shaw's a horse. Look at her dancing. Look at her sing and look at her dance like a horse. And then he'd just repeat that. And yeah, that's that would be a good example. And repeat it. it exactly. And repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and then continue repeating it for like maybe 20 times like people were and it would get and they were talking about how it would get to the point where people looked like they were about to walk out and then the fact that they did it one more time all of a sudden like there were waves of laughter and then like shock of boredom and then laughter again i mean i mean that's 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 a a very pivotal moment of it is that you got to keep doing it there's a commitment to anti-comedy that is Oh, I like that's why I don't do it. It's because there are like an awkwardness fills the air and I don't like awkward situations at all. So especially when it's jokes, I'm just like, I hate this. I want it to be over. <laughs> um but like people who do it and do it well, I'm like envious of it because I wish I had that talent and I just don't. Yeah, there there is a confidence, right? There's a confidence you have yeah. to have there. And even then, sometimes that confidence is blind. Like I've seen anti comedy bits not work either because because sometimes you just have to catch the audience in the right mood for it, you know? Yeah. But like to even try it is impressive and, you know, bless the people who do. Well, speaking of confidence, uh, my friend Joel Good is about to uh, share with us some food for thoughts. This is Joel Good with Food for Thoughts. I'm here to crack an egg of knowledge on the frying pan of your mind. Cook it for about a couple minutes medium medium well lay them on top of the english muffin of everything you've known before top it with ham or some sort of thinly sliced meat and drizzle it with the hollandaise sauce of truth creating the biscuit benedict of revelation because much like benedict arnold it will betray everything you thought you knew like when each day just realized god was dead or bruce willis when he realized he was a ghost it will change your life forever nation do you like grapes Of course you do. They're juicy, delicious, and purple. Everybody loves grapes. You love grapes. I love grapes. Even the late, great Kurt Cobain loved grapes. Remember that song? Great me. Great me again. That song was about Kurt's love for grapes and yelling over to Dave Grohl to toss over a grape in his mouth. Truly the voice of a generation. Although sometimes I'm not sure about the message it sends to our youths. Tossing grapes into one's mouth is a dangerous game. Although the various methods of eating grapes is another one of its attributes. You can do them regular style by popping them in your mouth one at a time, have them thrown at you like a rock star, or you could have them dangled in your face by servants like you're the emperor of Rome, all of which are dope as hell. Then, of course, there's the versatility of grapes. Eat them regular, squeeze them and make a juice, dry them out and make raisins, slice them up, put them in chicken salad. You can even get drunk off the fuckers. If that's not a magical fruit, I don't know what is which is why it makes it all the more devastating that it shares its name with the dreaded grapefruit. Fuck grapefruit. How dare that softball-sized ball of shit tarnish the name of grapes? I'm not even comfortable calling it a ball of shit because I feel like it gives shit a bad name. The very worst of all citrus fruit, the grapefruit is often used to refer to the size of tumors, and I guess some people eat them. Me, I'd rather eat the tumor. It's generally served sliced in half, sprinkled with sugar. I think we should go ahead and make a rule that a fruit needs to be sprinkled with sugar to be tolerable. It shouldn't be eaten. I'm not sure it should even be called a fruit. It's not even good enough to be called a vegetable. It should be called what it is, not food.
Do you know some people even squeeze them shits in order to condense that nasty flavor into a juice? Yeah, and some people like to get pissed off. God bless those people for they are truly lost. I feel the only reason grapefruits were eaten on purpose was because of those commercials that pictured them alongside delicious cereal and stated, part of this complete breakfast. Kids all over America were bamboozled into eating grapefruit, and as a result, a whole generation lost its faith in advertising. Profound tragedy. I propose we end the tarnishing of grapes by the grapefruit. It just isn't fair. It's not right. Maybe we can call it by its color like we do oranges. That might work. Or maybe we should call it by what it is. Garbage. And there we are. Food for thoughts. Joel Good, check him out. So anyway, uh, Jamie, we were talking about Chicago and then uh, talking about weirdness there. Then you go to Portland. Yeah. You are chasing the weird, aren't you? I mean, honestly, I'm just chasing trying to find somewhere I want to live. <laughs> uh, the weird the weird just happens to make me feel safe. I mean, it, it, I don't know. You know, they say keep Portland weird. And Portland, I think, maybe used to be weirder or maybe I just got more used to it. Um, I, I could not tell you uh, what it is. And granted, you know, for the pandemic year, haven't really gone out. You know, I, I worked and had to go in for my job, but everything else, uh, you know, comedy was pretty dead. Restaurants were pretty dead. Art for for a year, roughly a little more uh, paused for the most part. And so did you just get there before the, the pandemic? Then I take it. I We moved here. um we were here not quite a year and a half before the pandemic kicked in. We moved here in 20 okay. near the end of uh, 2018. So, yeah. All right. So, I mean, you got a little time to get a vibe for the, for the city and whatnot, I guess. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a cool city. I mean, you know, good food, uh, good art scene. I mean, every, every major, I don't know everyone, every time you go to a big city, people are like, Oh, you gotta have the food. The food's best here. All big cities have good food. You don't have a monopoly on good food. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, I will say, true. Portland has a monopoly on like good food carts. That's not in a lot of cities, but they're definitely not like the best food of, you know, compared to the whole world. It's all good. What do you mean by carts? Like just outside of bars? Yeah. So they'll be outside of bars or they will be like almost like a lot of Portland will have like little, um, instead of like a bunch of rows of restaurants, it's almost like a mall food court, but yeah. instead of being outside, it's outside. And instead of those like small storefronts, everything's in basically like trailers. Okay. So, you know, you'll have like a sushi burrito place over here. You'll have a Mexican place over here. You'll do a, have a place that does like waffle sandwiches over here. You'll have a place that does barbecue over here. There's such a variety and most of it's pretty good. It's like food trucks. Yeah, it's food trucks. That's what I meant by cards. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Like I thought you were talking about, like but they don't move. They're not going to go anywhere for them. They just part. stay there. They just kind of stay there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Cause like, yeah, there's, I, it's such a wild West for food trucks. Like there's so many good food trucks in Columbus and there's a food truck association and they'll have like events where all the food trucks come, you know, but usually they're still moving around because there's like laws against parking them from, for too long. Yeah. Well, I think this, the way they get around that here is that it is like a rental thing almost where they are like, I have rented a, this business slot for lack of a better term. Yeah. And that is where they will just set up shop, like a like a like a trailer park or something, where you bring your trailer yeah, in with like, for food. And yeah, then you that's exactly what it is. Pay pay rent on the lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, well that sounds um, pretty tight. And, you know, I mean, that's me breaking it down to how I understand it. I could be uh, I could be completely wrong. I often am, but that that is how it has been described to me. Is that there are places that it's like you know I I pay my rent for my cart space you know every month. And then, you know, I sell from here and there's like, there's even chains. There's a few places that'll have like, it won't be like not by chains. I don't mean like there's not a Arby's food cart or anything, at least not yet. Um, <laughs> but it'll be like, there's like a one sushi tr- like place that's at most of these car parks. You know what I mean? There's like a waffle sandwich place that I mentioned earlier. That'll be at a couple of them. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting to see how these things grow and spread out. Yeah. And that is, that is funny. And you see it like quicker with the food trucks it seems like you see the new innovations quicker like a few years back i remember seeing uh uh what is the the thing with the raw fish it's in a bowl with rice uh it's hawaiian oh poke bowls poke bowls yes i thought that they invented that it's kind of like when you're uh when you're uh, you know 13 and you think you invented masturbation 
I thought right. they invented yeah. the Poke Bowl. I thought that was just something they came up with, you know? Surprise, nerd. It's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that was like the hot trend for a minute. It was like everywhere was like, oh, we got Poke Bowls. But like now that disappeared, it seems like. Now it's Berea's. Yeah, but I like burritos, so I'm fine. No, with it. no, no. Berea's. The, uh, oh, Berea, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Berea's are, are in Columbus, at least. I don't know. I assume when it's happening in Columbus, it's a part of a wave that's going across the country or something. Like we're all at a, like America is just one big baseball game and <laughs> the ideas that pass are like the wave in the baseball game. I can't wait till we get to the poutine wave. <laughs> it's got to happen. Canada has been killing it. I hope so. I'll eat poutine every day, all day. So. You just like putting shit on French fries? Yeah, it's like gravy, cheese curds, and then sometimes a protein. I feel like I've I've seen variations on on it on it, but I haven't I haven't explored Canada's cuisine yet. You probably get a lot of it in Portland, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, not as much as you'd think. There was probably more in Chicago, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's um, also right, but there. it's here. Yeah, you're just sticking to the northern border. You you do love the poutine. I mean, what can I say? I just like the <laughs> north. I guess is what this turns out to be. <laughs> Yeah, well, which sucks because I hate winter, so I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, there you go. Like, that, what what exactly is happening? <laughs> you can't, right? Well, I mean, with yeah, with everything going on, there's no place to live and get away from the snow, so might as well just get comfortable. Yeah, I just got my uh, just got my my membership to the water park here locally, so uh, I'm ready to really just dig into this summer, you know, and live it up. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I love a good water park, so I know what you mean. <laughs> I I feel like I, I grew up swimming like every single day. And it is, yeah, it is a, kind of a part of me. Just that being in water just feels like this is the way to relax. I guess that's pretty much everyone, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, I also like, I also grew up swimming. Um, and I hate that I never do it as an adult. Uh, I very much miss it very badly, but what can you do? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice. So like my favorite thing is getting in that adult lazy river with, you know, I'll have my, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my I know whiskey exactly or whatever. And just like, kind of like have some drinks. And then like, because I'm a large man, I will just kind of float without a, without a, a, a flotation device. Right <laughs> down the adult lazy river, <laughs> and it is the, it's it looks ridiculous, I'm sure, but it is the closest like thing to like meditation that I can easily do. <laughs> right, I mean, here's the thing: as long as you're comfortable, do what you want to do. You know, life is short. I just kind of this and last find time whatever was, feels good to you. Well, the last time I was doing it, I was realizing like, okay, so I just need to get into these flotation tanks, right? Oh yeah, the. uh what do you call it? The sensory deprivation tanks? Yeah, like, you know, the water is like a high, uh, has a high amount of salt in it, which helps you to float more, right. and you're just supposed to lay in there. And See, I don't trust my mental health to be able to handle that. You know what I mean? Hmm. I, I, think, I, I think I need to try it. I think I'd go insane. Would you? Um, I think I would hallucinate. I mean, you're supposed to. I mean, a lot of people in there hallucinate. Um, like oh, their really? brain goes on trips and uh, I've heard people compare it to like acid trips and stuff. And I just don't know if I'm like mentally strong enough, uh, to live there. <laughs> well that, I mean, yeah, you got to take that into consideration, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure you're mentally strong enough to do the big, scary, dark tank. <laughs> right. Right. Cause that yeah, I couldn't, I, I want to try it. I want to try it for myself because like laying in that river yesterday was just kind of like. I was just able to like kind of focus on my breathing, you know, and mm -hmm. like let go of the distractions around me, like having the ears underwater. I don't know, there's something about it that really centered me, but yeah, I mean, that was, I, I may be coming at it from an angle of like, I just don't trust uh, anything and I, I could be wrong, but <laughs> uh, so much of life just sucks. Yeah. So, Oh shit, we're getting a phone call. Who could it be? <laughs> could be anybody. Hello, uh, this is uh, Mel Milliman with Lampshade Media Presents Grandma Fucks with Jamie Carbone. Who is this? Uh, yes, yes, this is uh, Glenn Calvert. Uh, 
I just uh, I just wanted to call in. I was listening to the show a little bit, and uh, Fantastic. you guys were talking about Zumbizi Bay. You know, uh, getting back in the pool for this summer, and I thought I might be able to offer my services. Well, that's great. Well, I mean, it sounds like we've got an expert. So, oh yeah, well you know, it takes ten thousand hours to be an expert or something or whatever it is that guy said. But uh, you know, like uh, I, I've dabbled. I uh, I kind of know what I mean. What I'm uh, what I'm doing in the department of swimming and and buoyancy. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, so basically, I uh, I own a warehouse of uh, of pool noodles. You know, uh, you like pool noodles. You know, but the the problem has always been that pool noodles can only really be uh, one one shape, one sp- uh, specific type of noodle. You know, and it's more of an extended macaroni. You know, but uh, I figured I might diversify the market a little bit. You know, and uh, try a couple different kinds of pastas. You know, maybe a rigatoni. You know, and, and there's there's versatility to this too. You know, and I just don't think a lot of people are really recognizing this as much as they should. Like, think about this: you get a big rigatoni noodle that you can float in the water. You could put your baby in it, just float it on down. You know what I mean? Don't have to worry about your baby; it's over there in the rigatoni. Stay in a float. Glenn, I have a question. Yeah. Um, uh, is not rigatoni basically just like a large macaroni noodle? You know, it's debatable. You know, I think that uh, there's, it's debatable. There's edges to a rigatoni noodle, and there's uh, more space in the middle. You can fit a uh, a fatter baby. Okay, so this this is for the the, the larger child. You're just being you're being very polite with your language. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. You know, like if if you are uh, right. or uh, a loved one is uh, is too big to fit in a regular pool macaroni noodle. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to make it fun. You know, rigatoni. Uh, maybe uh, give you some kind of cavatappi or something. That way you got handles to hold on to, you know? Yeah, you don't want to lose the obese child market. No, absolutely not. You know, that the obese child market is really where all the money's coming in. You know what I mean? They don't they don't care what shape the noodle is, so I'm trying to, like, broaden it out a little bit. Maybe make it a little more fun, you know? You get, uh, you know, what else you got there? Uh, you got the uh, rotini, <laughs> the twisty ones, you know what I mean? You know, who knows, yeah, who knows uh, what the, you the, use it for? The maybe. spirals. Yeah, the spirals. Spirals. Maybe, yeah, think about this. Have you ever gone boogie boarding before, Jamie? I've many times. I love boogie boarding. Oh, yeah. Now, listen to this. Now, you you use a boogie board when you boogie board. Am I wrong? That makes perfect sense, yeah. Typically. Yeah. Okay, so now, ask yourself this. Would it be more fun if instead of a boogie board, you just had a giant piece of farfalle? I mean, you know, it's something to think about. Right? I think, by and large, more people would enjoy swimming. If there was more pasta involved. And I know what you're thinking. Pasta is not usually buoyant. But I figured it out. We're, they're just making it out of the wrong stuff. If you make it out of other pool noodle stuff, it'll usually stay afloat. You know, it really depends on which shape you put it in. Okay, I'm sorry to be asking all these questions. I really am. Um, no. Are you telling me that these are half, half pasta and half foam? Or is it like a foam? Is it solely it's, foam that you're... I'm just, trying to narrow, I'm just trying to paint it with my mind's eye. It's a hybrid, right? Like, okay, I, I'm gonna level with you. Uh, I got a brother. He has a gluten factory. And, uh, you know, over the past few years, everybody thinks they got celiac. Didn't really know what to do with all of his uh, inventory. So now we're just uh, we're kind of combining. You know, I already had the noodles. He had uh, he had the gluten. We put them together. You know, sometimes things float. You know, uh, sometimes they don't. This uh, this sounds brilliant to me. Oh, you you haven't even heard the half of it, Mel. Really? There's more. Oh, there's way more. Think about this. What's your favorite kind of pasta? I'm going to go with ravioli. Ravioli. See, Good that's choice. the thing. We didn't even get into the stuffed pasta market, right? Stuffed <laughs> pastas. You got your ravioli. You know, you just got to find something to fill it with, right? That you can float on the water with. What better to float on the water with than... Oh, damn, I was hoping you would tell me. We've tried so many kinds of meat. Nothing's really as boring as we <laughs> have, have you tried the foam? I have tried the foam. It didn't taste right, and that's really what the what problem is. What about duck? Oh, so you eat them afterwards. I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I feel like duck yeah. is supposed to float, and you naturally would put duck in ravioli a lot of times, wouldn't you? I, you know, I, I've never put a duck in a ravioli, but you know what? I, I like your thinking outside the box there. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, and, and what I'm saying, Jamie, is you don't want to sacrifice the, the utility of uh, any of the things. 
really. You know what I mean? We we want them to still be edible, but also you can they can potentially save your lives. You know, you know what actually is the best blend too. If you get the uh, if you get the angel hair pasta, it's not gonna save you much. You know, you're not gonna actually float. It'll float by itself. But you know, if you're trying to hold on to it, you're you're just probably gonna sink to the bottom of the ocean. But you know what? If you don't, you can just go ahead and sip that up, and I guarantee you, tastes just as good, if not better, than your average Noodles and Company experience. That that does sound real. I've been to Noodles and Company, and I think it is pretty easy to top. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. The noodles are easy to top. Even the company could use some work. Yeah, it's definitely more of a bottom company. So, JV, you're you're Italian, right? I am very Italian. Yes, very Italian. So, like, this seems like this is actually right up your alley, isn't it? Well, I I mean, I have always wanted to die in a neighbor's pool while uh, restrained by angel hair pasta. That just does sound like the dream. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hey, I'll cut to the chase. It is a little dangerous to do the angel hair, so maybe I should just tell you not to. Disclaimer is uh, is incoming. We're trying to figure out the 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 verbiage, you know. Yeah, I think that's important when you're starting a business. Um, and I think here's the thing: it sounds like you have multiple brands being uh, workshopped right now. Oh yeah, we got we got lots of theories. The tortellini still needs work. I'll tell you that. I feel like tortellini is close enough to the ravioli where you're having the same problem. Kind of, but it's not meat. I'm not really, I, you know, you can shove a ravioli with meat. You can shove your passes with all kinds of different things. But, you know, with tortellini, I, I don't know. I thought it was a very specific. I didn't really want to sacrifice it. So it is cheese, you know? But yeah, historically. Just, cheese and sometimes a mix in like a crab or spinach. I think what the problem is, is that I was, I was trying to combine it with other pool floaty things to keep it buoyant. It's just uh, oh, kind like of sacrificing the flavor there, too. Yeah, you know, like, you know what I did? I did those little tiny bubbles. Basically, I took some water wings. I shrunk them down real little like they were just like the little tiny pills inside of a, a capsule. You know what I mean? Right. So, so um, I to just to, just to, I, I don't want to skip over this point. Um, you also have shrinking technology with your big pasta factory. See, I was trying to keep that under wraps a little bit. I'm sorry. I, ca- I did kind of let that slip, didn't I? Yes, we have, we have some shrinking technology. Uh, yeah, we make them real big. It's a lot easier to make them big, you know, and then uh, we just take them back to the shrink room and, and shrink them on down. <laughs> right. Well, you don't, want, you, don't, you don't have any food waste that way. Exactly. See, I, I like the way you think, Jamie. Are, are you willing to get in on the ground floor of this operation or not? Um, I'm very broke, but um, I, I can, do you need a social media manager? No, I'm just telling you, that's how you get into the building. You come in on the ground floor. Oh. I, I, you know, I, I, if I, I will come check you it don't, out. You I don't need to pay me anything door. if you I want to pour. I promise that I will, I will see this world you have to offer. Yes. Excellent. Mel, Mel, are you interested in taking a look at the ground floor of our operations as well? <laughs> I would like to see all of the floors, to be honest. Like, where, where is this place? Can I get uh, there? Okay. You can get there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't like to get there, you know. Yeah, we are in Nome, Alaska. There's not a whole lot of pool noodling that needs done, but we have a pool in-house. It ain't d- deep enough for you just to uh, drown in or nothing, but, you know, we have it. It, it only takes a teaspoon, I, I, I heard. What's you have, that? You have a pool with less than a teaspoon of water in it? A teaspoon? Oh, now you're just being willfully obtuse, I think. No. <laughs> A teaspoon of water. Who's gonna switch? How are we gonna test the pool noodle effectiveness? If we're putting, <laughs> you, you can't said even you cook a drown in it. That's in all I'm saying. I was, I was being a little couldn't pedantic. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Yeah, you can't drown in it. <laughs> hey, I can get to Nome from Portland for $150. Oh, hell. Huh. All right. Yeah, Jimmy, come on down. Yeah, if you, if you can buy your own ticket, that would really help us out quite a bit, actually. What? Well, I feel like it can make it, I can mark it off as a business expense on my taxes. So I think it might be worth it. That's see. That's it. I should should learn about taxes because that seems like something I should know about. Are you not paying your taxes? I you know I don't understand it. So like with most things that I don't understand, I just kind of ignore it, hope that it goes away. You know. I mean, nothing. No, no problem there. I think you're going to be just fine. No. Yeah, I mean, it, it's no problem so far. Work with my wife. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that going well? <laughs> 
you know, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk about it, uh, you know, but yeah, I just ignored her until she was just gone. Because, you know, she was talking about some stuff I didn't understand, you know, medical bills and whatnot. Maybe say, I wasn't really sure what to say. I haven't seen it for a little while. But, you know, if I just oh, no. ignore the grief, it'll go away, you know? Yeah, that's how that works, historically. <laughs> um, don't, don't, don't talk to anybody. Um, don't, especially don't, don't get a therapist. That's a waste of time and money. Oh, um, yeah, no. What you should do is just swallow. Every time you feel sad, swallow it until you can feel it um, building in your stomach. And then once your brain just tells you to do something, do it. Just do it. Just uh, giving me some ideas. What if, what, if, what if we were to fill ourselves with so much buoyant materials? Eat so much of our uh, pool noodle pasta that we were able to become buoyant ourselves. Uh, I think we already are buoyant. I'm pretty buoyant, actually. Yeah, I am. <laughs> we float. You know what? I did you're drop in, out of a swimming class because I didn't really understand it. So you're in a ignored it. You're a lot better shape sure. than I am. So, like, I don't know. Like, but if I jump in the water, Ooh, it's, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I'm, saying I'm, I'm in a better big, shape than you. Yeah, I'm a, oh. I'm a big guy. Like, I don't, I don't, when did you see him? This is a phone call. Yeah, you've never seen me before. Oh, I just was. Uh, I've just been googling this pool, this uh, this pool noodle uh, business while we were talking. Is, is he hot? I hear he's recently single. Oh. So. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid you're probably looking at my business partner, my brother. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You're, you know, you know yeah, I'm, you're the, right. I'm the other fella. I'm the other fella. I'm the guy yeah. who tested all of the gluten products over the past couple of years. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's really caught up with me, if I'm being honest. No, he looks like I he's... Think oh, you, I look like a, you look like a I fat think I Alan Alda. Look. What's that? <laughs> you look like a fat Alan Alda. <laughs> you know what? That's the, that's the nicest compliment I've ever heard. Yeah, he's <laughs> hot. Alan Alda's hot. <laughs> he said he sounds like a dream i'll tell you that much that guy's voice is just like butter into my ears i like putting <laughs> butter in my ears maybe it's a side effect of this whole noodle thing that i've been doing yeah, i'm sense. not sure it's medically safe yeah there's yeah there's probably like better things to put in your ears i would imagine and uh but i don't think there's anything better to put in the pool than some uh than some fucking pasta that seems like a great seems- idea to me right there that's that's a slogan we can already go for yeah, I'm, I I could be your slogan guy. I'll be a pitch guy. I love that. I think it's a great idea. What what other slogans you got for me? Uh, hmm. <laughs> JB, you got any ideas? Um, slogans for big pasta noodles or po- other kinds of noodles. Um, how about the San Francisco treat? Oh yeah, I mean they'd have to move to San Francisco for that to work, but. Uh... Gnome sounds like it has, um, it has a lot of memories about your wife that, that disappeared that you can't recall where she went. So I think I think you should I, honestly I think you should at least take a vacation. You know, take one of your pool noodles down. Yeah. And just take it down on the Atlantic down to the. I just I don't I think know it's how the Atlantic. It I'm not sure which ocean is which. No, and it's then the just Pacific. Check out San Francisco <laughs> for yourself. Well, see, I, I love that idea, Jamie. I think that's great, but I'm not sure how I would get anywhere because I. Uh, well, my car was making a noise, and I didn't really understand it, so I just kind of ignored it, and then it disappeared. It just disappeared? I, you know, I don't know. I don't pay attention to things, and suddenly they're gone. Is that disappearing? Is that walking uh, out on me I'm curious marriage if, is shit? Do you think that uh, this shrinking ray... I've seen a movie about this when I was younger. Is that shrinking ray, like, you know, under control? Do people have, like, you know, is there good, like accountability for who's operating that equipment i think you're trying to work up the, the way to ask me if i if my uh shrink ray is impervious to baseballs and let me tell you i'm, I'm pretty sure it is we double reinforce the glass <laughs> right around the shrink ray something falls up to the window it's just gonna fall right back down to the ground outside not causing any uh any uh, rick moranis starring mishaps i'll tell you that much <laughs> yeah, thank goodness you don't want to accidentally have a little shop that's horrible Phil. You think I went on my blue heaven happening in my warehouse? Get the hell about out of About the shrink ray. I, I'm sorry. I, I know you're talk, here to talk about your business, but this shrink ray is just so fascinating to me. Um, does it also enlarge? Can it um, can it blow things up? That's the sequel. It's a good question. Uh, you see, the thing is, uh, my wife created the shrink ray, and she walked out the door with the instruction manual, so I really don't know. I imagine if I can logically make my way through this that I could if I just hit the reverse button, but I just got to find the reverse button. Try to make things bigger. 
Right. Well, most advanced technology does have a reverse button just for sake of ease. Well, maybe when you come down to the warehouse, you can help me find a reverse button, Jamie, because it seems like you're <laughs> yeah, so Yeah, I just smart. got my flight on Expedia. I'm coming on uh, next Thursday, so. Oh, thank you, because we are going to be out on the street by Friday. Wait, what? <laughs> I appreciate you just hurrying, because, like, if we don't do something quick, we're going to be out on the street by Friday. I mean, it sounds like you can sell the shrink ray and not have to worry about working ever again. What? You can just sell shrink rays? I, I thought that maybe my wife was the only one allowed to sell it, because she had a hand in making it. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. All right. See, I was worried yeah. about that other one. You know, the one-tenth of the law. <laughs> the one, the one, t- <laughs> one... Because I've heard that before. Tenth. I've heard that. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. I said, well, I'm lucky me. You know, I'd probably... The one, the ten percent that, that, that it isn't, you know? Right. I mean, that's how it shakes off sometimes. That's just how, like, how the weather works, you know? They give you a percentage, and then everyone bitches when it rains. I get it. Exactly. Wisdom beyond your years. Well, I tell you what, like it has been great talking to you, and I'm really happy that you that you've got some ideas and you're working on some things for the future. And I hope uh, I hope you can figure out where the reverse button is. Uh, You know, it sounds like Jamie's coming over to give you a hand. Yes, exactly. Just in the nick of time, too. So I appreciate that, Jamie. Yeah, things are looking up. You know, things are looking up, Glenn. I don't have a lot going on. This just seems like a new career for me. So (laughs) ah. Music to my ears, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think felt this, like the this... voice of Alan Alda in my ear, I tell you. <laughs> I got to say, it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to uh, be chilling out on some uh, rigatoni, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm finishing a piece of it right now. I had to shake the baby out of it, but still good. <laughs> that poor fat child. <laughs> All right, glad. Well, hey, keep listening to the show. Uh, you know, check out check out some of the stuff Jamie's doing, and uh, and and we hope to hear from you again sometime. I'd love to, man. I, and you let me know if you if you need any uh, any flotation devices because I think I can help you out. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll be I'll be thinking about the flotation devices and and then anything I potentially would like to have shrunk. I I, yeah, I, I mean I don't use flotation devices because I'm not a coward, but I do have some interest in that shrink rate. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. See, I think you can help me monetize this, and that—that's—that's that's really what I'm looking for. We could start a Patreon just for shrinking things. <laughs> just so we're clear, <laughs> you were looking to monetize the shrink ray. Came up with pool noodles, which what? Yeah, it all makes yeah, sense. Well, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of. It was that, the noodle, the large yep. combination of things. I'm, Honestly, yeah. I didn't think that you could monetize the shrink ray in any other way before before jamie just said that yeah no that that click that clicks all right well again glad thank you so much for for calling in and sharing this with us i hope all of our listeners are going to go check out uh the this pool noodle situation once uh jamie gets what is the name of the company i'm sorry thank I, you I, for I asking realize. thank you for asking uh we call it gluten noodles it's a, a gluten I'm noodles. That's already a thing, uh, but good luck with your company. <laughs> gluten noodles parentheses, uh, a company with two brothers that they made it. It's all. It's all uh, a direct quote. Everybody, check it out. Get out Thanks there. Support your, support your Alaskan pool noodle manufacturer, people. All right, that's what we got to say. Much appreciated. All right, have a good day. You too, Will. Appreciate our callers. I really do. I really do. I don't know. Weird guy. Uh, Glenn, <laughs> if you're still listening, I am I am not going to come visit. I, I, I know I said I was, but uh, you uh, you scare me, and so does, I'll be honest, your brother, who, I, who wasn't even on the phone call, scares me too. So I think I'm just good not ever coming to Alaska. It's a little fucked up, bud. <laughs> you just made a promise. Well, you- this guy was putting yeah. all of his heart into this. Like it was, his, you were going to save his business. Well, as we covered earlier, I can handle awkwardness if it's a one-time thing. Anything more than that, and I just <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I can't deal with it. And I'm, you know what? What is comedy if just not comedians breaking promises all the time? So yeah, that's uh, that that is a, that is one of the essential explanations for for comedy, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. So like. 
actually you've been uh i i didn't know like how uh how busy you were before uh before i started checking your shit out online and it's like you you're all over the place yeah man i've done some cool shit and then uh things slowed down like for everybody but i'm hoping to get back into doing some cool stuff as soon as i can yeah you had said you had a couple of shows that you were doing regularly are you gonna pick those back up where they left off or um no uh venues have closed and um at this point those are unfortunately dead in the water but you know comedy comedy needs shows and there's always going to be funny people to have on oh yeah so i'm not too worried about that yeah and you did shows in different cities from where you lived is that what i understand yes like many comedians i've gone no 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 and done stuff. I, I mean like regular like you were producing a show in a different city like a show yeah, yeah, you yeah. produced. So I was still um I was still out here when I moved to Portland. We still had a show in Chicago. Okay. Um and I just helped out how I could, you know, promoting it gotcha, here. Gotcha. Uh, you know, sending people towards it, um produce or publishing things that I could however I could. Uh it, it made it a little easier, you know. It, it made the the heart not be as sad that I couldn't see my friends. Yeah. And you and you tend to like your shows tend to be around like nerd culture and shit like that right yeah um that's been the norm for a minute like the last one we did um slide into your dms was uh dungeons and dragons themed where we would have people roll a dice during their set and then it would apply some kind of weird rule oh yeah um, I love that. the the first show i moved did move after moving out here was called um oh my god comedy bebop and it was at a uh, video game bar that, uh, unfortunately, in Portland, um, that has since closed. Uh, but we had, you know, people playing like video games in the background, and we would have comedians hang out and play afterwards. And it was always a good time. Um, yeah, that sounds uh, and great. I, you know, I, I, as a big nerd, I've always been drawn to the nerdier things. Yeah how how is how how exactly is that like affected your comedy? Like you're talking about like like D Dungeons and Dragon themed shows like shit like that or like are you like actually like trying to perform for people like yourself people that are in the shit you're i mean I, I, I guess it would be both honestly um because I, I mean i like being able to do the kind of stand-up that i think is fun for me and it's not all nerd stuff you know like any comedian you gotta have a diverse array of topics you can pull from but uh i like being able to be true to myself by talking about video games and i like to have an audience that that is going to scratch that specific itch to like i love don't get me wrong i love it when a regular person who's not a much of a gamer can hear a bit and jump onto it but i love it way more when somebody who i've never connected with in any way but we have this one thing in common when you do that joke and it grabs them that those are the moments that i love yeah and i feel like like a lot of this kind of content is is a thing that draws me in because i don't know uh, everything about everything but like for instance uh i played 8-bit nintendo and stuff growing up because i'm old and the angry video game nerd i thought was brilliant but like right. a lot of the stuff that he was talking about which is again uh like getting more into nerd culture than i'm like aware of it made me curious about it you know so i thought that was kind of cool too yeah i think i think there's uh i think there's gateway nerdery you know what i mean that i think <laughs> that can sometimes grab us yeah and, uh, if i can be if i can be somebody's you know gateway to something that that's all the better <laughs> this is an outreach for you isn't it yeah that's exactly it. this is me just being the worst i can be <laughs> that's fantastic i was like also impressed with uh with you breaking the uh the guinness book of world records which i still don't even i'm not even sure is real you, you um, made a... i mean it was it was real i'm not sure if it still is uh i should probably check that um that's uh, this is a stat you have on your uh, description or something. It's like, yeah, world record holder of longest comedy show. I'm like, okay, so there was a goddamn. There's this cool group um, down in Nashville, and there's a great scene uh, in Nashville. If you ever get a chance, check it out. But they do this thing called the Record Breaker. But basically, what it is is that people would come and do stand up for hours, <laughs> truly hours, days, really. I think I think it was I think they ended up doing like ten days, but this is different comics stepping in. Yes, it wouldn't be one. God, no, I don't know anybody who has that much material. This would be like so. There were like rules. Right? Guinness handed them rules that would be like, "This is how you do it," 
and it was like you had to uh you had to you could had to do 15 minutes for every time you went up um you couldn't it had to be at least six hours in between uh sets from you so um like i had a couple of good like i had one in the two in the afternoon and then i would have to do one at like 9 uh, p.m and then i'd have to do like one at 3 30 a.m it was just like such weird rule and i i was there for like five days i think i ended up doing like seven or eight sets while i was there and a lot of cool people stopped by you had people who were in town for um because this was also part of the nashville comedy festival Okay. Um, so you had people, uh, their headliners come through. You had people from California flown in just to be a part of this. It was it was pretty wild how many people were involved. Oh, that's so cool! And like you were doing a set at three in the morning, and were, were there like was it just other comics there? Like who's who's there for that action at three in the morning? Uh, yeah, other comedians, uh, a few drunk people. <laughs> um, occasionally you'll have people just yelling and trying to be uh i don't want to say cool but you would have people just yelling and trying to be helpful and oh like like hecklers um, they were drunk it was drunk assholes mostly yeah i'm being completely honest but you know you had comedians paying attention and sometimes like i had a great i think it was like a 4 30 a.m set just from the other comedians and you know sometimes people would show up and make food for the people waiting it was honestly like a dope time that sounds really cool yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go go down there because I got some friends that live down there because they're musicians and that's what you do. There's a great scene. Like, I mean, they couldn't have done it without the 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 scene putting it together. So, uh, I, honestly, if you get a chance, go check it out. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I'm de- I mean, yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that. I just love visiting cities and seeing what the hell's going on. So that's one of my favorite and things to do. Nashville is definitely one of those scenes. Yeah. to uh, to check out. Yeah, check out. I definitely have to go compare because there's now hot chicken in Columbus. There's like really good hot chicken, but I don't even know oh, what yeah, really Nashville good hot has, chicken is. <laughs> like it is. There's a reason it's called like the birthplace for it. I definitely recommend. Yeah, going and 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 uh, enjoying it because that was my favorite part of being in Nashville. <laughs> Hell yeah! Like anywhere I go, it's like you said. Every city's got good food. But anywhere I go, I gotta I gotta find out what the fuck is going on. You know, there's always gonna be like something interesting and that's different. You know, right? So and you know, I, that's why I always recommend you always check out different scenes. Yeah, because there's gonna be just so many. There's such a wide variety that you can always learn so much, and you can always meet some interesting people. That if you get a chance and you're able to financially travel, check out different scenes, check out different open mic showcases. Comedy is this crazy wild world. And the, sometimes the only thing we have in common is that we like making people laugh. There's so many of us out there. You're going to find somebody who clicks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where can people find you uh, online? I'm kind of all over, but if you're a Twitter person, um, (laughs) you can follow me on Twitter at thick Sonic, all one word thick has two C's. And then uh, I'm on Instagram at my dad gets mad. Or you know what? If you want to just hear my jokes and see if I'm uh, actually funny, just jump on YouTube, type in Jamie Carbone comedy, watch something. Let me know what you think. Oh yeah, yeah, I did that today. You're pretty funny. Well, thank you. <laughs> I was so happy too because I was like, I already booked this interview. I hope he doesn't suck. <laughs> no, I think I'm pretty good. Well, in any case, uh, Jamie, it has uh, been fucking fabulous having you on Lampshade Media presents Grandma Fucks. No, no, no. Okay, you said it again, and, you know, I hate it. It's bad. It's a bad name. And uh, you know what? I don't normally do this, but I am gonna, I'm going to rename your podcast for you, and there's nothing you can do. And, um, oh, oh, in fact, okay. now it's going to be Lampshade Media Presents the Anti-Comedy Comedy Podcast. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. The, anti- the Anti-Comedy Comedy Podcast. I love it because uh we're gonna we're gonna get into all the all the alt scene now it's gonna make sense there you go and you just gotta get emo phillips on here and you're gonna be doing all right buddy i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a call hell yeah <laughs> that's fucking great that's fucking great what have we learned today kiddos <laughs> we learned that uh a shrink ray is easy to use but if you want to learn how to enlarge stuff it is um harder to do inconceivably yeah and then we learned uh that i'm afraid of sensory deprivation tanks you know those are the big two (laughs) that is that is the big the big feels there the big feels are that uh, i am for it you're against it 
But uh, I'm just I'm just glad that we know that uh, we don't have to stick to the same old boring pool pool noodle anymore. Which pool noodle is very hard to say. But anyway, pool noodle. Yeah, you got to enunciate. <laughs> anyway, very glad to hear that we uh, we we have options. That's that's the good thing. That's I mean honestly that's the dream. That's what we all want. Yeah. Now we know where to go to hear some. Jamie Carbone too, which is tight. Thank you so much again for coming on. You're you're fucking fabulous. Love you. Hey, thanks for having me and have a great night, everybody. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden.